Hello and welcome to the LSAT Demon Daily. My name is Eric Johansson. Joining me today is Dylan Horwitz. He is a former LSAT Demon team member and current 1L at Harvard Law School. Dylan, it's great to see you again. I would love to just kick things off with a general sense of how things are going for you. You're at Harvard. Um, I assume that you had other options besides just Harvard. I wonder what your expectations were going in and whether so far the school has lived up to those expectations. Yeah. Well, first, it's good to see you too, Eric. And thanks for having me. Um, overall, I mean, it's been great. Uh, I like, like you said, I did have other options. I was choosing the, my top three choices were Harvard, U Chicago and Michigan, which is also where I went to undergrad. Um, I can get into like why I chose Harvard, uh, if you want, but, uh, I'm beginning my second semester on Monday. First semester was great. It was difficult, but in a, one of those really positive ways that you can just see yourself growing and just becoming, a, a better like thinker and worker. Um, and all of the, like just bad moments of just the, the late nights and the grinding, I think have really been offset by just the the word I use to describe it is like magical moments at Harvard where you're like, holy shit, I'm at Harvard Law School. Like, this is incredible. Um, Going in, I was definitely intimidated, um, not just by the institution itself, but like by what I expected my classmates to be like. Um, I definitely thought like everyone was going to be super impressive and so smart and how am I going to compete with everyone? And uh, I, I also thought like I got in the easy way, which is I did really well in the LSAT, whereas like I'm going to be running into people who've had like careers and like have had like real struggles that they've overcome. And I don't know how I'm going to like, you know, be on the same level as them. Uh, turns out a lot of the people who are have had careers and are maybe a bit older, they look at someone like me and think, man, this guy hasn't been out of school that long. How am I going to compete with him? So it's just kind of a interesting uh, like dynamic there and something I never really thought of. The people, as it turns out, yeah, they are really impressive and people have done really cool things. But what surprised me was just how down to earth and personable everyone is. I really don't uh, see a lot of like elitism or people who think like they actually belong here. Uh, Everyone has imposter syndrome, pretty much. Everyone is like, yeah, I really can't believe I'm here right now. And it, it makes it easier to not take anything for granted. And it also makes it easier to, you know, get through the hard moments when readings are piling up, memos are due, and it seems like, you know, we're never going to be done with this uh, grind. So, yeah, overall, it's been a definitely uh, a great experience. That's great. Sounds like a pretty supportive community. Do you, you sounds like you were afraid, well, maybe not afraid, but certainly wary of the level of competition when you came in, would you say that it's a competitive atmosphere still, or is everyone really supportive? Everyone is definitely supportive. Um, I, and I haven't gotten my grades back for first semester, so I don't know how I did. So Maybe that'll change once I know and I realize, oh, damn, I, you know, 
actually need to step up my game or maybe I, you know, performed better than I expected. Um, but just on a day-to-day -day basis, people, I think, they definitely perform at a high level, but it never feels like a toxic competition. Like, no one is putting each other down. People are here to support each other. People share notes. People do all of those things that, you know, tour guides tell you when you go uh, visit law schools and listen to uh, what students say. It is definitely a, a collaborative uh, atmosphere. Uh, and I, I really like that part of the culture. But people are working hard. So it can create like an internal competition where it's like, I'm comparing myself to this person. And, you know, like any uh, school, I think people sometimes like to uh, talk about just how hard they're working and how little they're sleeping. And, you know, you can, it, you can tone a lot of that stuff out uh, and not let it get to you. But I think especially early on when everyone is trying to get their bearings and figure out this whole law school thing, um, hearing like that someone has spent like, you know, X amount of hours like studying that week, it, it kind of makes you wonder whether you're doing enough. But then the more experience you get being a law student, the more you know what you need to do to keep up in class and the less you worry about what other people are doing. Yeah, I think that makes sense to me. You're not going to get to that level without having some competitiveness to you, I would think. Yeah. You're talking about the big leagues. So mm -hmm. it can still be a tight-knit community and there can still be friendly competition, but you're still going to be trying to prove something, right? Yeah. So I'm interested to hear you mention coming in with an idea of the amount of work that it would take, then hearing other people describe how much work they were doing, how many hours they were putting into study and over time learning what worked for you or what was really necessary. What has that balance been? I mean, in a given day, or if that's not fair, a given week, what kind of hours are we talking about and how has that changed over time? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that was definitely one thing that uh, I think I may have overestimated i mean i came in thinking law school was going to be like the worst thing ever and with regards to reading i thought it was going to be literally impossible to do all the reading for each class like for some reason like just talking to older students i thought that was like going to be a, a huge struggle and yeah there is a lot of reading but it is totally manageable the hard part is not getting all the reading done the hard part is like understanding it well enough to see the connections between cases and like really under really mastering the material like that's the hard part it's not necessarily the workload which not to downplay it because it is a lot of work but like that part is manageable it's the step above that that i think is the the big challenge in law school at least that's what it was for me first semester so i would say on a any given day maybe two or three hours of reading. Um, and then as we get, you know, as the semester progressed, I would spend more time working on like studying the material, like stuff like outlining and like doing like review questions on Quimby, which is something all law students become very familiar with. Um, and just as a disclaimer, I don't know if anything I did worked because like I said, I don't have my grades back yet. Uh, but I, I, 
I feel like I overhyped the amount of work in my head before law school so that when it turned out to be not as bad, I was kind of relieved. Uh, and that gave me, you know, more more time to like not just like brute force read uh, cases for, uh, you know, the next day, but like actually try to learn it. And that's still an ongoing process. Like you're never done getting better at understanding cases and understanding the law. When you're reading, not just for brute force, like you said, to get through it, but for understanding and, and outlining and trying to master the material, what tools, what methods are you using for that? If, if it's even, if you can describe briefly, like what is it besides just the reading? Are you working with other students in study groups? Do you, did you ever engage with like an outside? I know there are companies that do law school tutoring as well. Um, is there anything like that that you worked with? Yeah. So at the beginning of the semester, I, you know, met with a group a few times to like talk about readings and stuff like that. But I don't think that really turned out to be a good use of anyone's time. So after that, it was mostly independent, um, never sought tutoring outside uh, or anything like that. Quimby is a resource it, uh, online that has like case briefs for all the cases you read in law school. Well, almost all. Um, and for a lot of them, they also have these short animated videos that go over them that are great. Uh, and it does a really good job of like pulling out the important parts uh, that you're supposed to understand. So sometimes I would read that before I read the actual case. So I kind of knew like what to look out for. Sometimes I would look at the Quimby brief like afterwards to make sure I understand what I read. I think for reading cases, it's a lot of RC skills. It's as you are reading, are you making sure that you understand what you just read? Are you trying to tie everything into the author's main point? Like, what is this judge arguing? And how does this part that I just read tie into that? And it, it's a lot harder than the RC passages because, you know, it's a lot denser and, you know, not on like interesting topics, but it's... Yeah, really you don't get to read about like Hollywood musicals occasionally. Yeah, no, haven't haven't had uh, that. There are some interesting cases, like uh, a very famous one in property called Stambovsky, I think, about a haunted house uh, that's just littered with jokes. Um, so like occasionally you'll get a uh, you'll get a gem in there, but for the most part, they're uh, not that engaging. So that's when it's I think it's most important to like keep those RC skills up. It's great to hear. And it makes sense to me that the law school admission test would test you on the skills that will serve you in law school. Anything else specifically you remember from your LSAT days that applies directly to the work you're doing now? Um, I mean, absolutely nothing with logic games just yet. Uh, maybe sometime. I mean, maybe I just haven't gotten there yet. Just haven't taken that course. But uh, obviously, LR is always present because you're always dealing with arguments um i think lr is packaged a lot neater than like the arguments you come across where it's like ah yes here is where they confuse correlation for causation whereas like when you're reading like a, a case or you know a, an opinion you're not like picking out like oh here are these rhetorical flaws that the the judge is making I think you have to be a lot more nimble with like your critical analysis. And honestly, for most of the first semester, 
you're probably not picking apart the judge's logic. They're, mo for the most part, just like a much better legal mind than you are, which is the norm. And not to say that, like, you know, you can't criticize the cases you read, and there are definitely some that deserve to be critiqued, but they're not writing in a way that's like, aha, I see this flaw here. It's a lot more nuanced than that. That would make sense. And it sounds healthy to approach at least your 1L year with some humility in realizing, hey, I'm embarking on something totally new here. I don't know everything. I don't know enough to start criticizing the work of these judges necessarily. Yeah. And not to say that like no one can and not to say that I haven't because I've read cases before where I've really questioned what they were writing and even thought like, well, that's pretty dumb. They didn't consider this counter argument that completely uh, undermines their argument. But, you know, you think about, you know, what else goes into an, uh, a judge's opinion other than like the, the facts and the law. It's like, yeah, a lot of it is political. Like the classes I took first semester tended to be less political like contracts property torts uh, and civ pro there are definitely pockets within those courses where like politics comes into play and ideology really comes through but for the most part it's like black letter law like here are the here's the way things have already have always been done maybe that's maybe it needs to be changed maybe not but here's the stuff every 1l is learning uh, next semester will probably be more contentious with con law and crim law and leg reg, which is legislation and regulation, three pretty contentious areas of law. So we'll see how that goes. For the most part, you know, we're not we're not reading these cases as a 1L to be like, what change do I need to see in this like particular case? It's more like, what is the law that I need to learn from this? And then as a critical thinker, I can question whether that's what the law should be. What have you most enjoyed from your coursework in your first semester? Uh, that's tough, because when I think about the things I enjoyed, it's not really the coursework. Uh, I think for legal research and writing, our final memo was a pretty big challenge, and I did not enjoy the process of it. But then when I was done looking back at like how far I'd come in developing my research and writing skills, that was just the most satisfying feeling, especially because, you know, with my the black letter law courses, I had no frame of reference for how I was doing. And I still don't know. But for this for and I, I don't have a grade back for legal research and writing yet either. But I had the, the memo that I wrote. And I can compare that to the first one I wrote and I can actually like reflect and see like, man, I was really struggling with like this aspect of research at the beginning. And then I was able to figure that out and I was able to like put this like puzzle together of this memo. And that like was a really satisfying feeling. Nice. Well, you mentioned that what you enjoyed the most came from outside of your courses. Mm -hmm. What about the overall experiences? stuck out to you as the most enjoyable yeah. obviously like having like friends to like hang out with on a regular basis who are going through the same thing um friendships i feel like form really fast and really strongly in law school because it's like uh, a bonding over shared suffering but then there are also like 
some great experiences that come from going to Harvard Law that I just wouldn't get anywhere else. Like the amount of really interesting and accomplished people that come through, um, like for example, with just in you know first semester of law school, I was able to meet and chat with uh, former Justice Stephen Breyer, uh, former HUD Secretary Julian Castro. Uh, I had brunch at Senator Elizabeth Warren's house. Uh, all stuff that is like things I would never even dream of because it's just like that's just a whole not another world. And now it's like I'm kind of part of that world now. And it it definitely doesn't feel like you know I or anyone has like you know, really deserves that who's here. It's like, we're all like looking around at each other. Like, can you believe like what, what's happening right now? This is like just insane. Um, so like, those are the things that, that make me glad that I picked Harvard, uh, even though, you know, to do so meant turning down some scholarships from, you know, other schools, uh, jury still out on whether that's the right move. Won't know, you know, until like, you know, a decade in the future, maybe more, maybe less. Uh, but I know, you know, that these are experiences that go a lot further than just the very, I think, formulaic way that we think about law school uh, admissions, especially here at the Demon. And I, I think that's it's valid to look at it as an equation of like, okay, here's what I would be paying. Here are the outcomes that are likely, you know, from this school, like X percent get big law or federal clerkship or, you know, this position and thinking about it in that kind of inputs versus outputs thing. But beyond that, when I think about like, you know, my entire life and the experiences that I'm going to have and the things that are going to make me a well-rounded person, I think there are some intangibles that I'm getting here that are harder to get at other schools, like the things I mentioned. Now, were those intangibles, coming back to your decision mm -hmm. uh, to attend Harvard, were was your sense of those intangibles part of that decision? Or were you more focused on the fact that, well, perhaps because of the intangibles, Harvard would better set you up for the career and the opportunities that you wanted as opposed to a school like, mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's seems strange to say that a school like Chicago wouldn't offer those as well, but you know, Harvard is Harvard. Yeah. I think, uh, it's kind of both of what you're saying. So I kind of had like two decision points, which was, am I going to go to like the top elite, uh, school and pay a lot of money or go to very good, uh, you know, arguably also elite, T14 school Michigan and not pay a lot of money and that one was uh, I think pretty driven on outcomes this is going to sound terrible but the truth is at Harvard anyone's backup plan can be big law like it's not fair that's probably not the way it should be and I know a lot of attorneys who say like you know, that kid from the, un, you know, lower rank school who really grinded their way to the top of the class makes a better associate than the average Harvard Law student or, you know, other like top school. And I totally believe that. That seems so plausible. However, the way things work, I know are that I, my friend was just talking to uh, a partner at a, a big law firm uh, reception 
and they were like you don't need to be at this reception right now you're fine you got the job like you are going like we will take anyone you know broadly speaking from harvard you need a pulse to get a big law job um unless you just cannot interview for the life of yourself which you need you need to interview to get into harvard so you're probably okay interviewing the competition like the reason people care like and want to do well for grades one it's internal that's the way you've always been if you're here but it's the more prestigious positions like federal clerkships um things like uh you know, DOJ honors program, which is the only way to get a job at DOJ out of law school. The, I guess the very top of the rankings for big law firms, like those are the kinds of things that you need to pay attention to grades for. So the coming here, knowing that like, okay, my backup plan is big law. That made me more comfortable with taking on a lot of debt part. And I know at Michigan, they have good big law numbers. But I also know from, you know, people I know, big law is not guaranteed. You still have to fight for it. Oh, and then I was just going to say, UChicago and Harvard are the same. You know, other than like lay people think Harvard is a lot better. The reality is like they are definitely a, the same caliber of school. And I'm sure a lot of the cool experiences I'd have here, I would also have uh, at UChicago. Um, my reasons for picking Harvard over UChicago are more about like the schools themselves, like the respective grading systems, the academic calendar at UChicago being like a quarter system and having like weird start and end dates, Hyde Park versus Cambridge. Um, those are just the kinds of things that like made me want to go to Harvard more. Um, so that's why I picked them over UChicago. So if big law is the backup, what is your dream coming out of law school? What work do you want to do? Yeah, I definitely want to clerk. Um, and for anyone who doesn't know, a clerkship is a like one or two year position you take with a judge. Um, most of the time when people t talk about clerkships in the context of like law schools, um, they're talking about federal clerkships, but there are also state clerkships uh, that you can do. Um, so I'd love to clerk and be able to work with a judge, and that usually like becomes a lifelong mentorship uh, relationship. And then after clerking, I'm not as uh, drawn to like specific positions or titles. I think about like what impact do I want to have, and what like areas really interest me. And I'm really interested in criminal law, um, specifically uh, reforming criminal justice system. Uh, it's, you know, most people are aware at this point that there are major systemic issues, um, horrible racial inequality. Uh, there's just an endless list uh, of problems. And I want to work at, in a role that will allow me to help ameliorate those problems. So maybe that is uh, on the defense side as like a PD or, you know, uh, in private practice. Maybe that's on the prosecution side, like uh, the current trend of progressive prosecutors that use their discretion to uh, help address those problems and promote restorative justice. Maybe it's a, a, in a nonprofit that works on criminal justice issues. Uh, I, I know I need to like explore a lot more, gain a lot uh, of experiences, and also see you know what jobs are out there uh, when I graduate. And I'm sure you have a extensive network of 
mentors and guides who are going to help you find that path. And probably you can tailor your coming years in school to either guide you in a certain direction or discover a new one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it is incredible just how many like accomplished professors there are in every field and how accessible they are. I, I have some friends who are really interested in environmental work and uh, like environmental justice. And they reached out to a, a couple professors who are really well known in that field who they don't have um, that, you know, none of us have, but they just wanted to like meet and chat. And those professors said yes. And so they got to know them and are already like starting relationships with these like well-known, really accomplished professors who work in the field they want to go into. Amazing. If there was anything that you could do differently in this process of building up to law school and now your first semester of law school, what would you do differently? Uh, that's tough because so much has gone really well that it's difficult to think of something that uh, I would want to change. Um, I think one thing might be uh, worrying about it less, which is such an unsatisfying answer when, you know, someone listening to this might think, well, that's just survivorship bias because everything worked out for you. So, like, of course, you didn't have to worry. But truly, nothing good came from worrying about, you know, decisions coming in and scholarship offers coming in and all of that. Um, even if I didn't get as lucky as I did, it still would have been better to just, you know, have a peaceful mind, focus on other things, uh, and um, let whatever happens, happens. That's kind of the attitude I've taken towards, you know, waiting for grades and thinking about, like, you know, when I'm going to be applying for, you know, jobs down the line that are I know are going to be competitive and hard to get. Just trying to have a much more, like, zen attitude instead of, you know, being really stressed about it because there is enough to stress over in law school that anything you can just, you know, relax about, especially the things that are not in, in your hands, uh, I think is definitely worth uh, considering. Very healthy attitude, for sure. As someone who's going through the application process myself right now, recognizing the extent to which, hey, my applications are out and... I have no control over it now. I'm just waiting to hear back. Just accepting that and being yeah. zen with it, like you said, helps. It's it's tough, <laughs> but not going to help to worry about those things. For people like myself or people who are earlier in the process, maybe just studying for the LSAT, maybe just right now considering going to law school, any advice that you would give, given your experiences thus far, maybe particularly for those who, you know, aren't going to be going to a Harvard, which is most of us, just us regular everyday law school hopefuls. Yeah, I think I have a, a couple pieces. Um, the first really echoes what Ben and Nathan preach around here, which is like, you know, do everything you can to win the game. And if you haven't taken the LSAT yet or you're, you know, trying to retake it, you got to get the highest score within your capacity. There's really no better return on investment uh, than the LSAT. Um, I wouldn't be at Harvard if not for the LSAT. 
that I got, and I wouldn't have gotten it without the LSAT demon, so already in a good place. I think as the law school admissions realm changes over time, which it definitely is about to go through some major changes with like schools pulling out of the rankings, then US News and World Reports making changes, and the LSAT maybe becoming optional, like... I, I don't think, you know, specific advice on what to do is going to last very long. I think the only thing that you can think about is for anyone going through the process, figure out what the game is at that time and win it. Like whatever, it, if, you know, in five years from now, it's not about the LSAT, it's all about GPA, then get the highest GPA you can. Put all your effort into getting straight A's in undergrad. Or if it's all about like experience, okay, do everything you can to get like a a good solid job after law after college, and you know put your heart into it and you know perform your best and get good letters of rec from that. Um, just learn what they what law schools are looking for and do the best you can to give it to them. The second piece is make sure you come into law school mentally and emotionally ready. If you are, you know, dealing with issues with like mental health or, you know, emotionally or, you know, stuff with family, law school is probably going to make it worse. And I don't want to say that means you shouldn't ever go to law school. What I'm saying is do everything you can to get yourself to a good place mentally and emotionally before starting, because you're going to have to put a lot of stuff aside to give law school your best. That doesn't mean you're going to have to like completely neglect, you know, your personal life and your family and your friends. Um, but unfortunately, I have seen people at Harvard who came to law school, I think, before they were emotionally ready and really struggled like a lot more than everyone else. Because on top of law school, they had a bunch of other things that they were dealing with that other people mostly weren't so maybe that means you know going to law school a year later than you expected so you can work on yourself uh, maybe that means you know just giving more attention to yourself before law school starts but it is it's hard that's how it's always been and probably how it's going to be for a long time um speaking for myself it's the hardest thing i've ever done um which i guess isn't saying much and I am really glad that I came in in a relatively good place mentally uh, because I knew that it was going to be a, a huge toll physically, mentally, and emotionally. That's something that I don't hear a lot of people saying in terms of advice and something that I definitely have seen play out in good and bad ways at law school. Well said, Dylan. I think that's excellent advice. Appreciate it. You're continue to be an inspiration to those of us who are those of us who aren't as far down the journey, who still have some of this to go through. So really appreciate you taking the time to chat today and give all this advice and give a glimpse of what it's like inside the hallowed halls of Harvard Law School. Anything that I didn't ask you, any questions that I should have asked you? Uh, I, I mean... Should have asked for Boston food recommendations for anyone coming out here. Uh, that is a staple of a question when I talk to to new people. 
and what I have to recommend is Regina's Pizza in Boston. The I think the main one is in the North End, the Italian um, uh, village. It is some of the best pizza I've ever had. And that's coming from someone who is from Chicago and loves Chicago-style deep dish, uh, which I consider a different food group, but that's a different conversation or debate. Uh, but this is coming from somewhere with good pizza. This is, you know, Regina's in the North End is incredible, and I highly recommend it to anyone coming to Boston, whether it's for law school or something else. Got to fuel that study somehow, yeah. right? Can only yeah, exactly. get through, only get through hundreds of pages of reading uh, if you got the calories in the tank, right? Yep, exactly. Awesome. Glad you said that. All right. If nothing else taken away from this conversation, Regina's, uh, that's the pizza spot. Yeah. All right. Well, I appreciate it, Dylan. It, great to have you back. Like I said, you're an inspiration to those of us still plowing away and on our own roads to law school. Let's stay in touch. Can't wait to hear what's going on with you in the future, whether it's in your summers or in your later years or in your in your career. Hope to hear from you and wish you all the very best. Yeah, thank you so much for having me and good luck to everyone still studying for the LSAT and uh, applying and waiting for results. Thanks again, Dylan. If you have a question or comment for the show, hit us up at daily at lsatdemon.com. Thanks for listening.